Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Mays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Thursday, February 22nd. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Some sun this morning, clouds this afternoon with a chance of a pop-up shower. High 45. Tonight, overnight rain, low 40, and then Friday rain in the morning, then more showers in the afternoon, high 47. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 27 partly cloudy in Pearl River up in Rockland County. It's 26 and partly cloudy in Englishtown down in New Jersey. And it is 33 and some broken clouds here in Midtown. A whole lot to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. Got this alert on my phone. I don't know. It was 830 or so last night. A semi truck, uh, you know, a huge Coors Light truck uh, is driving through Williamsburg last night. And not really clear what happened, but got into an accident with another car. And the driver of this uh, huge truck slams into a Popeye's restaurant that's filled with people. Uh, there were some injuries. The guy said he was sitting down or uh, eating and he saw the truck. He actually saw the truck turning into Popeye's. But it happened so fast before he could say anything. Doors caved in. I thought we were going to explode. The gas station is right here. Any, anything could have sparked. It was traumatizing. Yeah, I imagine. Uh, you're sitting there having a little dinner, and all of a sudden this truck comes through the building. The uh, driver taken to Wyckoff Heights Medical Center, minor injuries. The driver of a sedan who was involved in this crash, uh, refusing medical attention. A 22-year-old woman who was inside Popeye's just trying to eat dinner, complaining of shock, but she refused medical assistance. We were told there are other minor injuries. FDNY didn't, uh, didn't get back to us about how many they were, but they did say they were minor injuries. And then overnight, you had the FDNY and the buildings department on the scene checking the integrity of the structure of this Popeye's in Williamsburg. Just a wild scene. A stomach bug is making its rounds around the tri-state. That's just the worst, right? I mean, I'd rather have a fever, a cold, anything but a stomach bug. Apparently, the CDC telling us it's especially bad in New Jersey right now. Easily spreading from person to person comes, of course, with those really unpleasant symptoms. The uh, bug has struck the Joiner household in New Jersey. It's inevitable. You know, you're going you're gonna to have that stuff, but... Yeah, just Lysol. My two-year-old is uh, was dealing with some stomach issues last week. Um, his whole daycare seems to be having issues. Yeah, I remember when the kids used to get that. Oh, it's awful. CDC says the northeast region of the U.S. highest positivity rate right now for the neurovirus, uh, neurovirus which causes uh, vomiting, diarrhea, all kinds of fun stuff like that. Uh, doctors uh, say this is one of those viruses that if you use the hand sanitizer, it's not going to work. 
but old soap and water, that will work. So if you're one of those people who washes your hand often during the day with like Purell and you're worried about the stomach virus, they say go back to old-fashioned soap and water. Incredibly contagious. Just one particle of the norovirus that you ingest will get you sick. Purell and that type of stuff, the alcohol-based stuff, doesn't get through the envelope of the virus and it's still contagious on your hands. Soap and water is the only thing that will really protect you from this. Yeah, so, uh, you know, if you have it, you just sort of have to deal with the symptoms at home. Dehydration is always the worry. So obviously if the kids get really dehydrated, you want to bring them in. A United Airlines flight from Newark to Los Angeles yesterday had to land at O'Hare in Chicago. So apparently this passenger had kind of tangled with the crew, but then they had calmed him down. And then someone walked into the bathroom on this plane and someone had written on the mirror that they had put a bomb on the plane. So, you know, you got to take all this stuff seriously, even if it's not serious. And so they did. So the crew radioed the control tower, say, hey, we have a bomb threat on this United Airlines flight. We've left Newark. We're on our way to Los Angeles. So the Boeing 787 had to land at Chicago O'Hare. And the people on board all of a sudden realized the plane was going down and they couldn't really figure out what was going on until the crew made an announcement. They told us um, that somebody had written a bomb threat on a mirror in a bathroom. They like took us uh, around to like a maintenance hangar um, and there were like emergency vehicles, fire trucks, police vehicles, everything around us. But they were like they were keeping their distance. Yeah, well, they didn't know what was going on. So they brought everybody aboard, got everybody off. No bomb. But, of course, in the meantime, they wasted a full day for all these people who are trying to get to Los Angeles. That crew, they lose money. Not good. Uh, they think they know who's behind this all, and they just say it's a matter of time until they arrest them. Just this tragic moment on the beach in Florida. A girl dead after a trip to the beach turned tragic in Florida. She fell into a hole. Chaos unfolding in a place where many families vacation. After beachgoers witnessed two kids digging a hole... Then, getting pulled underneath the surface when the sand collapsed around them. That's correspondent Sam Brock. The girl completely covered. The boy was buried up to his chest. She died at the scene. The boy taken to the hospital, stable condition. The boy was rescued chest deep in sand and is in stable condition. His younger sister, buried beneath him, wasn't breathing when they reached her. And their efforts to resuscitate her failed. A similar incident happened on the Jersey Shore only days ago when parents said their two-year-old was playing, not even digging a hole, leading them to jump in when their child was pulled under. Yeah, so what's going on? Is this like a new thing? That, that by the way, the Jersey Shore one, we reported that all, right here on the News Hour. That was Neptune Beach. That little girl fell into a hole. I don't know if they were digging, but uh, the father, all of a sudden, the hole collapsed on top of that little girl. And the father digged furiously to get her out. Thank God he was able to reach her. It took her about two minutes. You can imagine how frantic that was. But what's going on? This is like the third or fourth story we've had in the last couple of weeks of these holes at the beach. Maybe it's just, you know, coincidence, but maybe there's more to it. WABC News Time 508. The man who was last seen with a missing Texas girl officially facing charges of capital murder. Now Polk County District Attorney Shelley Sitton says that could mean the death penalty. If the evidence supports that, 
that is something that we're going to look into. It is still unclear how 11-year-old Audrey Cunningham was killed. Her body was discovered in a river not far from her Livingston home after a six-day search. The suspect is Don McDougall, who lived behind the family's home and would often drive the girl to school if she missed the bus. Until we get all of the evidence and all the autopsy reports, we're going to have to hold and work with law enforcement to determine what is the best solution to this case. The DA says they just want justice for the family. This county and law enforcement, they will come out when they need to to protect our children. Let's go over to Arizona. An Arizona prosecutor refusing now to extradite the suspect in a New York City hotel murder, claiming that the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, cannot be trusted in his prosecution. Having observed the treatment of violent criminals by the Manhattan DA there, Alvin Bragg. I think it's safer to keep him here and keep him in custody. Yeah, wild, right? Maricopa County Attorney Rachel Mitchell calling out Alvin Bragg's treatment of violent criminals. The case involves Rod Almasori, who's accused of stabbing two women in the Phoenix area. Now, he's wanted here in the city for allegedly murdering a woman inside a hotel. But Mitchell says she's not going to she's going to fight the extradition because she says Bragg is too soft on crime. Bragg's office responding, by the way, saying Mitchell is playing a political game. Uh, Five ten. A former Utah family YouTube star going to spend now 30 years in prison after being sentenced in a child abuse case. Ruby Frank pled guilty to four counts of second-degree aggravated child abuse and was sentenced yesterday. I was led to believe that this world was an evil place. My choice to believe and behave this paranoia culminated into criminal activity for which I stand before you today ready to take accountability. And it is my preference that I serve a prison sentence. Now, this is the mother of six who created the Eight Passengers YouTube channel with her husband. They had about two million subscribers. Some viewers had reported the Franks to authorities due to their parenting style. The mother was arrested over the summer after one of her sons was found by police emaciated with bound tape, duct tape. Prosecutors described the two child's treatment, the child's treatment of by the parents as concentration camp-like. 511, let's go down to Washington. President Biden calling out Donald Trump for his response to the death of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny. In a video posted online, Biden says Trump and other Republicans refused to hold Vladimir Putin responsible for Navalny's death. Trump said Navalny's death made him realize how bad America is. He said, and I quote, we are a nation in decline, a failing nation, end of quote. Why does Trump always blame America? Putin is responsible for Navalny's death. Why can't Trump just say that? Biden says he, the Trump made no mention of Putin in his response and instead complained about his legal troubles in the U.S. The president also slamming Trump over his recent comments on NATO. We have to stand up to Putin and pass the national bipartisan bill, the national security bill, supporting Ukraine as they defend themselves against Putin's vicious onslaught. He said he would encourage Russia to, and I quote, do whatever the hell they want, end of quote. A statement heard around the world. And while the president was making those comments yesterday, House Republicans grilling President Biden's brother behind closed doors. Ohio Representative Jim Jordan says looking they're looking at what happened before Biden ran for president. All that the money, the business, the brand, specifically relative to Jim Biden's involvement, James Biden's involvement with CEFC. James Biden testifying before the House 
Oversight and Judiciary Committees as part of the impeachment inquiry into the president. GOP lawmakers claim the president improperly profited from his family's overseas business dealings while vice president and the Obama administration. Three days later, uh, Joe Biden goes to Ukraine and conditions the release of American tax money on the firing of the prosecutor applying the pressure to the company that Hunter Biden set on the board of. Jim Jordan says the FBI treats politicos, politicians all differently. When Christopher Steele lied to the FBI about uh, President Trump, he gets paid more. When Smirnoff lies to the FBI about President Biden, no, he gets indicted. Now, the top Democrat on the House Oversight Committee says he believes the impeachment inquiry into President Biden is over after yesterday's talk with his brother. The whole thing is not only obviously false and fraudulent, but a product of Russian disinformation and propaganda. That's what Maryland Democrat Jamie Raskin told reporters after that closed-door testimony from the president's brother. James Biden flatly denied that his brother had any involvement with his overseas business dealings, which had been scrutinized by House Republicans. We have heard nothing indicating that Joe Biden had anything to do with the business ventures of Hunter Biden or James Biden. The president's son, Hunter Biden, scheduled to speak to Republican investigators next week. The president himself, he's denied any wrongdoing and dismissed the inquiry as a partisan attack. A new bill would give individual states the ability to sue the federal government over the handling of the U.S. southern border. It's been filed by Texas Republican Congressman Chip Roy. We're the ones left holding the bag in Texas in particular, but also New York, also Chicago. The bill, which is just six pages long, is a direct shot at the Supreme Court. Last July, the justices ruled that Texas and Louisiana lack standing to sue over an immigration policy. If passed, the bill would give state attorney generals the legal standing to sue if the result of unenforced immigration policies causes financial harm to those states. Most of my constituents come up to me and say, shut down the border or shut down the government. They're sick of open borders. They act like there's no consequences to open borders. And Congressman Chip Roy there says the federal government's immigration policies are just costing border states and states like New York too much. Big box. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Friday Eve. Good morning, Justin Ellick. Happy Friday Eve. Good morning to you, Noah Maletti. Start here on the Diamond. Uh, with spring training off and running, an actual real-life baseball set to be played this weekend. Hard to believe there are a couple of notable stories to touch on regarding both of our local squads out in Tampa. Gleyber Torres is clear about his intent with the Yankees as he gets set to start what could be his final season with the franchise. A 27-year-old infielder definitively said yesterday, quote, I want to be a Yankee for life. So the ball is really in the court of the front office. Torres was an all-star in his first two seasons with the Yankees in 2018 and 2019. Slumped badly then for two years and has rebounded to become a productive, if not standout, player for the Yanks. He had 273 with 25 home runs, 68 RBIs, and 13 stolen bases last season with an 800 OPS among second basemen. That's pretty darn good. He has a one-year $14.2 million contract and is eligible for free agency after the World Series. There have not been any discussions about a long-term deal just yet. Out in Port St. Lucie, New York Mets right-hander Kodai Senga experienced arm fatigue after throwing a side session during spring training and is being examined by trainers. Manager Carlos Mendoza said yesterday Yesterday, uh, New York is looking to Sanga to help anchor its rotation after he put together an impressive rookie season. Uh, he could really end up being the ace of that rotation in his sophomore year. We'll keep you updated on Sanga's status as we hear more. Basketball is back tonight with the second half of the NBA season set to get underway. The Knicks and Nets 
will both return to the court for 7 p.m. tip-offs tonight in Philly. The Knicks will battle the 76ers while the Nets visit the Raptors up north in Toronto. And on the ice, we've got a couple of games to look forward to tonight as well. The Rangers and Devils will meet each other in Newark for a 7 p.m. puck drop before the Islanders get going with the Blues in St. Louis. That's at 8 p.m. That is your sports note, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 518. Just getting this into the newsroom. If you have AT&T phone service and you're having problems making calls or even using the phones, uh, apparently there's a big outage going on. We're trying to get in touch with AT&T to see what it's all about, but customers across the country reporting no service right now in the last 20 minutes or so. The city's experiencing the most outages uh, according to these numbers we're just getting in are L.A., Chicago, Houston, in Honolulu, but we're getting scattered numbers from other places across the country. Again, these are AT&T cellular service outages being reported just in the last 20 minutes or so. The State Department defending a memo that urges all staffers to use gender-neutral language. It's a standard government practice to try to encourage people just to be respectful of others and use the terms with which others are comfortable and talk to people the way that they would like to be addressed. That's the State Department spokesman Matthew Miller. Staffers are being told to steer clear of gendered language, such as brave men and women on the front lines, and instead use brave first responders or brave soldiers. The guidance also runs through just this list of gendered phrases that the department say you should avoid, including manpower, you guys, and ladies and gentlemen. 520, let's go overseas. Regional tensions in the Middle East just mounting after an alleged Israeli strike on a residential building in the Syrian capital of Damascus. Uh, Damascus. In Tel Aviv, Sarah Coates says state media is reporting the blast there killed too. Continued cross-border attacks between Israel and Lebanon on Wednesday with a home in Matula in Israel's north hit with an anti-tank missile. This after the Israeli military struck three Hezbollah command centers in southern Lebanon as well as carrying out out shelling to remove threats. Sources in Lebanon though say Israeli strikes killed a 40-year-old woman and her young girl with a number of other civilians wounded. Sarah Coates, Tel Aviv. You know, lots of airlines canceled service to Israel in the aftermath of the October 7th massacre. Many of them uh, have not gone back to flying, but United says it's set to resume daily flights from Newark to Tel Aviv soon. It marks the first time since October when passenger and cargo services were suspended following the attack by Hamas militants on southern Israel. Initial flights on March 2nd and 4th will stop in Munich with the goal to begin nonstop daily service starting March 6th. United says it will continue to monitor things in Tel Aviv. The airline will become the first American carrier to resume direct service. I'm Brian Shook. University of Alabama pausing its IVF services after a recent ruling by the state's Supreme Court. Earlier this week, the Alabama Supreme Court ruled that frozen embryos are children. The decision comes from a 2022 case where several couples filed a wrongful death lawsuit after frozen embryos were dropped on the floor by a hospital patient. The University of Alabama says they're saddened to have to suspend IVF treatments, but they must do so while they evaluate the potential that patients or doctors could be prosecuted criminally for conducting IVF treatments. I'm Brian Shook. 
WABC News Time 522. Let's go now to Texas. Hundreds of cancer researchers from across the nation meeting in Texas. The annual conference is looking for answers to why the disease disproportionately affects Latinos. Why did cancer become the leading cause of death over cardiovascular disease? You know, we, we don't have answers yet, but we're working on it. Dr. Emil Ramirez there with the University of Texas Health System says they believe it is a combination of both DNA and environmental factors. We're seeing higher rates of liver cancer, gallbladder cancer, stomach cancer. We need to better understand DNA makeup, what might be contributing to some of these differences in the rates that we're seeing. It is kind of similar to the research into why diabetes affects so many Hispanics. Those at the conference in San Antonio say one of the problems is Latinos are underrepresented in clinical trials. While we're in Texas, when Texas TIDs take their annual standardized test, there is good chance It'll be graded by a computer. Now, this is not like fill in the square like you were a kid. This is going to be a computer that looks at writing responses, a change to use AI, artificial intelligence, to score written responses is concerning to some parents and to some students. Recognize the value of getting test results back quickly, but we need them to be balancing that with making sure it's accurate. Jennifer Easley heads the Texas PTA. The Texas Education Agency says the computer program is overseen by humans, is analyzed by humans. The reason for the change is an expansion of written portions of this exam. They say without computers, it would require too many humans to look at these papers, and that would be costly. More than anything, it needs to be accurate information so that kids are being fairly graded. Yeah, it seems more important that a human eyes would look at that, but okay. Especially considering how much weight our legislature has put Placed on student star scores. 524, social media accounts showing an uptick in the number of people returning those new Apple Vision Pro mixed reality headsets. Those things cost what, like 3500 a piece. Correspondent Sam Brock has more. Apple is not disclosing the rate of return of its Apple Vision Pro, but the reality is there are a lot of videos circulating online outlining consumers' concerns from the weight of the device to the fact that many people feel like it's just not a replacement one-to-one for a computer. So comfort apparently is the top reason for returning these $3,500 tech high-tech goggles. People saying it gave them headaches, in some cases motion sickness. As with any major new technology, some returns are expected. This is no different. Now, Apple is not disclosing the rate of return of its Apple Vision Pro, but the reality is there are a lot of videos circulating online outlining consumers' concerns from the weight of the device to the fact that many people feel like it's just not a replacement one-to-one for a computer. After how long would you say you started to feel physical symptoms just from wearing the device? There was ice train after 45 minutes. Yeah, so uh, lots of complaints about motion sickness that people weren't getting with the meta goggles or the original ones to come out. U.S. household debt over $17 trillion now, according to the Fed. And with that being said, credit card users may want to shop around for better rates. With those retail credit cards from any particular retail location, those tend to be higher, upwards of 30%. Yeah, uh, that's Ryan Stewart, Iowa State University Extension Financial Counselor. He says bank cards may offer lower interest rates. Bank credit cards through a local bank or maybe one of the national institutions that you see tend to be a little on the lower side. And we found out yesterday the Fed not in a rush to lower interest rates. That's according to minutes from the central bank's meeting last month. Officials expressed optimism that rate hikes had lowered the rate of inflation, but they said they want to see more before easing rates back down. The committee believes some of the progress made may be due to factors that won't last, 
Since the meeting, consumer and producer price reports have shown inflation running hotter than expected. I'm Lisa Taylor. 526, if laundry day leaves you missing some socks, apparently you're not alone. British scientists say the average person loses about one sock a month in the laundry. That's a dozen a year, over 1,100 in a lifetime, and they're never a matching set. They say socks disappear in the washer and dryer equally, leaving a trail of orphans. And there's no sock monster. In the washer, socks get lodged in the agitator. In the dryer, it's the lint trap. The solution, use a washing bag, pin your socks together, or just buy more socks. I'm Bree Tennis. Okay. Come together. Beatlemania is set to hit theaters in a big way. I'm excited about this. Director Sam Mendes will direct four separate films on each member of the Fab Four. The families of John Lennon, George Harrison, along with Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr have all granted full story rights for these movies. Mendez says he's honored to be telling the story of the greatest rock and roll band of all time. The films, all four of them expected to arrive in theaters in 2027. The opening bell, it rings this morning on Wall Street after stocks close mixed yesterday. That came after the release of those minutes from the Fed Reserves that January meeting. The Fed indicated not any rush to lower those interest rates at the closing bell. The Dow rose 48 points. S&P 500 rose 6. The Nasdaq dropped 50 points. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Thursday, February 22nd. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Some sun this morning, clouds this afternoon. Chance of a pop-up shower, the high 44. And then tonight, an overnight rain, low 40. Friday, we'll have rain in the morning, maybe showers in the afternoon, high 47. If you're walking out the door with us right now, by the way, so happy you are. 27, partly cloudy in Pearl River up in Rockland County. 26, partly cloudy in Englishtown down in New Jersey. And 33 and a few clouds outside our Midtown studios. We'll start this half hour out on Long Island where a woman convicted of driving drunk when she struck and killed an NYPD cop on the Long Island Expressway back in 2021. Do you remember the story? Well, yesterday she was sentenced. She's going to spend decades behind bars after being sentenced to the maximum penalty in a courtroom. Her name, Jessica Bavos, sentenced to 27 years in prison plus five years supervision upon her release. The 35-year-old was found guilty in October for the early morning crash in 2021 that killed officer Anastasio Sacos. Bavos previously admitted that she had been drinking and smoking marijuana before she got into her car early that morning of the highway crash. Sacos's wife, Irene, walked into this courtroom yesterday as dozens of NYPD cops lined the corridor in a show of solidarity. She addressed the court before the sentencing, detailing the aftermath of her husband's death. You killed my husband, an innocent man, a good man who did nothing to you. I was talking to Lou just moments ago. This was really hard video to watch. I teared up watching it to see this mom, this wife, uh, you know, staring down the person who 
killed her husband in a crash that did not have to take place, that if she hadn't been drunk and high, it never would have taken place. Bevos spent the sentencing hearing looking down as uh, Irene continued on. She drove recklessly and ended up killing my innocent husband. While Jessica Beauvais was sobering up in a police station that morning, our world was collapsing. Yeah, uh, these are great moments that happen in the courtroom where the victims get to tell their stories. These victim impact statements, they're huge. And you get to really hear what happened to the family in the aftermath. Because sometimes you look at these crimes and you forget there's real people behind them. The tragedy of my husband's death was hard enough. But to know that it was all completely preventable is too much. Because of a single person's despicable actions... Our family was sentenced to a lifetime of loss. Sakos was a 14-year veteran of the police department of Data 2. His partner and him were on the LIEs. They responded to a deadly crash. The two had set up a roadblock to help investigators process the scene. And that's when Bevos, who was drunk and high, completely missed the flashing lights and drove straight into Sakos, killing him. Awful story. Uh, at least this woman now will get 30 years behind bar. But, of course, no closure for the family who've lost their dad and their husband. Arizona prosecutors will not agree to extradite Rod Alamosori to New York City to face charges in the death of a woman at a Soho hotel. Remember this story about a week and a half ago that they found this woman dead in a Soho hotel? She'd been hit over the head with an iron. Well, they caught up with him in Arizona. But in Arizona, the Maricopa County attorney, Rachel Mitchell, says she'll instead keep the 26-year-old in Arizona to face two charges he's facing there instead of sending him back to New York. And that's because she doesn't trust Alvin Bragg to do the right thing. We will not be agreeing to extradition. I've instructed my extradition attorneys not to agree to that. We're going to keep him here. I mean, I can't remember the last time I heard a story like this where they would fight extradition like this in this way because they don't trust the DA Alvin Bragg to do the right thing. Mitchell raising concerns that Alma Sosori could be released on bail if he's extradited to Manhattan. And she said that's all from having observed the treatment of other violent criminals in New York City by the Manhattan DA. Having observed uh, the treatment of violent criminals in the New York area, by the Manhattan DA there, Alvin Bragg. I think it's safer to keep him here and keep him in custody. I mean, it's wild, right? So the Manhattan DA speaking out, at least a spokesperson for the Manhattan DA, saying it's deeply disturbing that DA Mitchell is playing political games in a murder investigation. WABC News Time 539. Mayor Adams sitting down with Eyewitness News last night talking about these drastic city budget cuts. He now says they will be canceled. A hiring freeze will be lifted. He says his administration achieving this because of a better than expected economic performance last year and further cutbacks in city spending on the migrants. Well, if we had to do the third rounds, it would impact garbage pickup. It would impact of services to our older adults. It would impact libraries. It would impact a series of services that you would actually see the difference. The mayor says after two rounds of punishing budget cuts to all but the most essential city services, the budget is stabilizing and a planned third round will no longer be needed. We're now transitioning into a stabilized state because this is going to be here for a while. So by doing that, we can renegotiate contracts. We can look at long-term planning. 
City Hall slashing an additional 10% migrant spending, bringing the total reduction in spending on migrants to 30% after a 20% reduction in spending was already announced during the preliminary budget. The cuts will go into effect in the coming weeks. But uh, there were people who were speaking out after this. The city council member Robert Holden says the mayor's cuts to migrant funding don't go far enough because it's still really attractive to come here to New York City. When does it end? I'd like to ask the mayor, when do we see an ending to this? There is no ending. The more you give, the more you hand out, the more that will come. 540, let's go up to Putnam County. Trustees of a Putnam County library deciding whether to change the library's name following a podcast that alleges the library's founder was a Nazi sympathizer. Desmond Fish Library, the board of trustees meeting there, doing a year-long review of the library's founder, the late Hamilton Fish III. This all came out when Rachel Maddow, the host from MSNBC, did this podcast called Ultra, where they investigated Desmond Fish, and they found out that he was a Nazi sympathizer. He was a Hudson Valley congressman from 1920 to 1945, allowed apparently Nazi propaganda to be sent to Americans using his congressional mail privileges, which allowed him to send mail free of cost. Maddow also shared statements in which Fish seemed to be supportive of the Nazi regime. So they asked people in town, do you want the name changed? And here's what they had to say. The whole world is in trouble. So this seems like kind of minor. If it is true um, that he was a Nazi sympathizer, um, I believe should be, you know, something that happens because you know, this is America. We fought fascism for a reason, right? So after all this research, seven members of the library board say they support a name change. Three do not. The group mentioned that Fish took heroic combat actions during World War One, also advocated for the civil rights of black Americans and initiated the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier Monument. So they say there's reason to keep his name up there. The family, uh, his grandson weighing in, saying that uh, he doesn't want to get in the way of this controversy, but he says the story is not complete of his grandfather's life, and they says the library board should look at the overall part of his life before making a decision about taking his name off the library. Up to the Bronx, building workers of 32BJ uh, rallying across the Bronx to ensure that they can keep their health benefits and increase their wages. The members of the union spotted outside Skyview Manor in Riverdale. We thought we bargained and we, we won the contract, but they want to take away our health insurance, uh, all the benefits that they gave us. I have a child with medical needs and uh, health insurance is very important for me. And uh, I think that's what, you know, made us come out here. Those at the rally Wednesday say the BRAB is now trying to go back on that offer, renegotiate initial contract deal they had in place. It means they have to take on a second job, and uh, most of us don't can take a second job. We're in here eight hours, sometimes ten hours when it's snowing. We're removing snow late into the night. The uh, Bronx Realty Advisory Board, though, says uh, they're willing to work out a deal, whatever it takes. They don't want these workers to go on strike. Up in the Bronx, Lily Wu saying that she needs a kidney. Yeah, I don't know who she is. You don't know who she is, but she's a woman who lives in the Bronx. She's searching for a donor by placing billboards all over the city. You can see her billboards on the Belt Parkway, the Cross Bronx, uh, even in Times Square. Wu has been on dialysis for years and was on the donor waiting list for around five years. She actually got a kidney from a deceased donor, but it didn't take well. And now she's in need of a new one, ideally from a living donor. So she has to get 
back on the list. And she says time's running out for her. So she says it's worth to spend the money on these billboards, hoping somebody will come forward with a match for her. I really am hopeful that something will happen. Um, I'm not that young. You know, it, um, it's very scary when you think about having um, a number to the days that you have left. Yeah, Wu is a retired teacher active in her community. She's hoping to get the life-saving transplant and get back to all the activities she loves. Uh, on those billboards, she has a way to contact her. If you look her up, again, her name is Lily Wu online. If you decide you think you might be a match or want to find out if you're a match, I'm sure she'd be happy to hear from you. And did you see this? Pauly B., this guy on TikTok, he is walking through Brooklyn. Not exactly sure when this happened, but in the last couple of days, no doubt. And he runs into Mayor Bill de Blasio on the street. So he calls him over and he says, hey, Mayor, would you take a picture with me? I should say former Mayor Bill de Blasio. And so the mayor kind of smiles at him and walks over and he goes to take a selfie. And then this is or a video. And this is what Paulie B says to the mayor. Hey. Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for f***ing up the city. Have a nice day, Yeah, <laughs> He says, thanks for effing up the city. Wait, you hear that again? Hey. Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for f***ing up the city. Have a nice day, Yeah, So, you know, you got to have thick skin to be a politician, man. I couldn't handle stuff like that. There's, you know, all of a sudden, Bill de Blasio thinks he has a fan here who wants to take a picture with him. And no, he tells him to go F himself. Anyway, it was a funny moment. We'll put that up, by the way, <laughs> WABCradio.com. <laughs> Don't you love that? It's great. Can you imagine walking out of your job and having somebody say that to you? <laughs> hey, no, thanks for blanking up the city. Right. Great. Great job. I love it. <laughs> okay, great, man. Have a nice day. Right. <laughs> but that's exactly what he said. Because he knew if he got angry, he's smart enough to know that if he looks angry, that'll be on the video, too. But he smiled and he walked away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I he's, he's partially right about God, that. So there great. we go. Five uh, forty-five. Let's head over to the seventy-seven WABC Sports Desk, where we find Justin Ellett. Thank you, Noam Layden. One of my uh, quick little story time here, but one of my good friends. He's a uh, uh, liberal, if you will, and he saw uh, Tommy Laren on the street once. The Fox News uh, sure. talent. And uh, basically did the same exact thing to her. (laughs) (laughs) And it went viral. It went viral. You wonder how often it must happen. It probably happens a lot. Yeah. And what I would think with political figures, it happens all the time because these people are directly affected by what these politicians do. And uh, I'm sure there was something that happened uh, in this guy's life that he blames de Blasio. Directly for it. Yeah, and then you wonder why these guys, nobody wants to be a politician. Right, exactly. It's the nonsense you have to deal with. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we'll get the sports here, though. Spring training off and running, and actual real-life baseball set to be played this week, and we can't wait. There are a couple of notable stories to touch on regarding both of our local squads out in Tampa. Glaber Torres, he's clear about his intent with the Yankees and his future as he gets set to start what could be his final season in pinstripes. A 27-year-old infielder definitely, uh, definitively said yesterday, quote, I want to be a Yankee for." A life. He was an all-star in his first two seasons with the Yanks in 2018 and 2019. Slumped badly for two years, uh, but has rebounded to become a productive, if not standout, player for the Yankees. He hit 273 with 25 home runs, 68 RBIs, and 13 stolen bases last season with an 800 OPS. Those are good numbers for a second baseman. He has a one-year, 14.2 million dollar contract and is eligible for free agency after the World Series. Uh, there have not been any discussions about a long-term deal just yet. So the ball 
is in Cashman's court. In Porn St. Lucie, uh, New York Mets right-hander Kodai Senga experienced arm fatigue after throwing a side session during spring training. Uh, so he's being examined by trainers uh, yesterday. And then today as well, have an MRA manager, Carlos Mendoza, said yesterday New York is looking to Senga to help anchor its rotation after he put together an impressive rookie season, really was their best pitcher last year. Um, we'll keep you updated on Senga's status as we hear more. Basketball is back tonight with the second half of the NBA season set to get underway. The Knicks and Nets will both return to the court for 7 p.m. tip-offs tonight. In Philly, the Knicks will battle the 76ers while the Nets visit the Raptors up north in Toronto. And on the ice, we've got a couple of games to look forward to tonight as well. The Rangers and Devils will meet each other in Newark for a 7 p.m. puck drop before the Islanders get going with the Blues in St. Louis. That's an 8 p.m. puck drop. That is Sports Gnome, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, let's catch you up on some of the uh, big stories of the morning. A wild scene in uh, Williamsburg last night. A Coors Light truck crashing into a Popeye's, you know, one of these full tractor trailers, slamming into the restaurant. The driver had been in some sort of accident, tried to swerve to get out of the way, and then found himself inside the Popeye's. The guy said he was sitting down uh, eating, and he saw the truck. He actually saw the truck turning into Popeye's, but it happened so fast. Before he could say anything, doors caved in. I thought we were going to explode. The gas station is right here. Any, anything could have sparked. It was traumatizing. Yes, yeah, so the good news is the injuries are not serious. The driver, uh, the truck driver taken to the hospital, the driver of a sedan also involved in the accident refused medical attention. A 22-year-old who was having dinner inside that Popeye's last night re, uh, was complaining of shock. Uh, she was treated at the scene. And the FDNY telling us a number of other people were injured, but they say all those injuries are minor. A stomach bug racing across the tri-state. Maybe somebody in your family has it. It's especially bad in New Jersey. It's inevitable. You know, you're going to you're gonna have that stuff. But, yeah, just Lysol. My two-year-old is uh, was dealing with some stomach issues last week. Um, his whole daycare seems to be having issues. You know, this is all the fun stuff. Vomiting, diarrhea, stomach cramps. Uh, CDC telling us the northeast region of the U.S. has the highest positivity rate now for the neurovirus. That's the one that really gets you kind of sick. Uh, this one doctor says that the Purell and that kind of stuff won't help you in terms of keeping this away. That good old-fashioned soap and water is what you want to use if somebody in the house gets sick. Incredibly contagious. Just one particle of the neurovirus that you ingest will get you sick. Purell and that type of stuff, the alcohol-based stuff, doesn't get through the envelope of the virus and it's still contagious on your hands. Soap and water is the only thing that will really protect you from this. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I'd rather get almost any other illness than get the neurovirus. You know, give me a fever, a cold, whatever. A United Airlines flight flying from Newark to Los Angeles had to land at O'Hare yesterday. Security issue. Somebody had walked into the bathroom of this airliner and wrote that they had a bomb. They wrote it on the mirror. And then, of course, the person who went in afterwards told the flight attendants and they said, oh, we better land this thing. So they did. They told us um, that somebody had written a bomb threat on a mirror in a bathroom. They like took us uh, around to like a maintenance hangar. Um, and there were like emergency vehicles, fire trucks, police vehicles, everything around us, but they were like, they were keeping their distance. 
The good news is no bomb on board. Uh, they think they know who wrote that threat, and they're talking to them as we speak. New York City is going to roll out drones this summer with inflatable life rafts to assist with those beach rescues. Mayor Adams says the drones can also communicate with lifeguards through a loudspeaker. Now you have eyes in the sky telling you the person is straight ahead. The person is off to your right. The person went under in front of you. That's kind of cool. They drop a, la- a life raft. Uh, police can control the drones remotely from one police plaza. The police department is going to do a full presentation. You know, they're going to show you how it works. It's going to be deployed from locales in the beach areas. I think they're going to start out with Coney Island, and they're going to grow from there. On the drone, there is a loudspeaker that communicates with the person who may be in trouble and also communicate to the lifeguard. The person went under right there. You're three feet away. Go to the right. Go to the left. Yeah, maybe this will prevent some of those tragedies we seem to have every summer at the Jersey or at the shorelines here in New York. New Yorkers say a new Siena College poll ringing totally true for them. It found the cost of living, crime, and the migrant crisis are tops on everybody's worry list right now. It's expensive in New York. It's either you feel the rich or dirt poor. Oh, uh, down and down. That's why people are moving out, you know. Where are we going? We're going to work. Why? <laughs> for that reason. We're sick of the cost of living and how and how much how much everything's going up. The same survey, bad news for Governor Hochul, her approval rating dropping four points to just 41% now. It's at like a steady state right now, but I think there's attempts to make it better. Quality of life is stagnated. It's not going anywhere. I don't have to tell anybody. We got all the immigrants here. Democrats are freaking shot at the hell. And this is the second poll just in the last couple of days where New Yorkers are saying that they don't believe Donald Trump or Joe Biden are fit enough to last four years in the White House.